Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Lauren Brill, founder and CEO of Sweet Lauren's, a better-for-you baked goods company and the maker of the number one natural cookie dough in America. Sweet Lauren's makes gluten-free, dairy-free, plant-based, and nut-free cookie doughs that are absolutely delicious. It was so nice to catch up with my friend Lauren in this episode. We chat about her journey after getting diagnosed with cancer in her 20s and gaining a new outlook on the connection between food and health to go into culinary school to learn how to make a healthier sweet treat. Lauren shares lessons learned along the way, like showing up and keeping your word, taking every opportunity you have and not saying no to anything. She talks about the importance of having a mentor, listening to your customer to solve problems, and taking care of yourself to feel your best. Keep listening to learn all about Lauren. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. It's been so long since we've seen each other in person, but it's also trying to think about when we first met. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Can you, you know? think about where we met though? Where we met. So I, I can't. I mean, it was like year one or two of business. I can't put my finger up, but I do remember, yeah, year one or two of business. Um, we got like a glass of Prosecco on the Upper West Side at some like outdoor wine bar. And we both were like, this is so hard. <laughs> like, I really remember that conversation. I remember just thinking like, she's she's fighting the fight like there are other like we're gonna I'm not alone we're both like trying to figure this out and it's not easy for anyone you yeah. know and here we are probably like 10 years later still <laughs> feeling the same way of, of still fighting the fight and going through all those hard things um, definitely you know there's no overnight success and it's it's all ups and downs and right so we have so we're so lucky to have the passion that we do for what we're doing that's exactly it. I think like we both, this is just like who we are. And so it's easy to wake up every day, like fighting for kind of like cleaner foods or, you know, delicious, healthier food out there. And so it's a, it's a lot of work, but like, I don't know what else I'd do. Like, this is what I feel like I'm meant to do, you know? So it, we are lucky because the passion is what fuels it. Yeah. So let's go back to your beginning story and we'll, we'll get you if you weren't doing this, what were you doing before this? But Really how you started Sweet Lauren's, what the inspiration was. Sure. So I started Sweet Lauren's or the idea for it at a pretty young age. I graduated, I grew up in New York City and then I went to USC for college. So lived in LA, really kind of fell in love with healthier lifestyle out here. And then it's a crazy story, but a couple months after I graduated, I was 22 years old. I was diagnosed with cancer. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. You know, it was so random. I mean, they just... I one day woke up and my lymph nodes were really swollen and I had no other symptoms. So had to go through chemo and basically take a year off. And, you know, this was the year that all my friends had just graduated college. Everyone's like getting their first jobs, going out and partying. And for me, I was like living back home in New York, going through treatment and realizing how precious life is. And so thankfully I was cured. And after that year of treatment, I kind of was able to enter, try to find a job for myself and like enter the real world again. But I was really changed. Like I was 22 years old, but I felt like a 60 year old. I just felt like I was like, oh my God, I, I'm not invincible. 
bodies are really precious. Health is everything. There are a lot of things outside of our control. But there are a lot of things that we can control. And food to me was just like so the first obvious thing. It was like, how do we get our energy? It's from the food we eat. You know, how am I supposed to take all these really intense medicines and kind of wake up every day, like the strength to fight this? Like, I just need to take care of myself. So I kind of jumped into this whole holistic kind of world of health and wellness and started taking nutrition classes and studying nutrition, also take cooking classes. Cause I was like, I'm going to just make my food healthy, but delicious. And for the rest of my life, I want to feel great, but have the most delicious food. And so started to make a lot of recipes and um, I felt like it was really Were you taking classes at natural gourmet. Is that what I was? Mean? Yeah. So I did like the natural gourmet Institute, which I think has changed now, but I mean, I think I, they closed. They closed, which is so sad because so it was sad. special. Like there are not a lot of places like that. And, you know, it was this cooking school that was so good, but really embedded in just as unrefined real ingredients as possible. So I took all their baking courses and I took some of their cooking classes and I felt like it was easy to kind of cook the salads and the proteins and the grains, but I have such a sweet tooth and dessert just was, it's just most, you know, most bakeries and most packaged products are not health and wellness first, right? It's like just very, very sweet or a lot of preservatives or chemicals or artificial colors and I just was like, you know, how do I make something so delicious, but, but healthier? And I love a warm cookie out of the oven, probably cookie dough raw is my favorite food in the world. <laughs> and so I was like, how do I just try to recreate kind of like the classic chocolate chip cookie dough? And after hundreds and hundreds of trials, trying every type of oil and sugar and flour out there, um, I finally found, like, I found, found a recipe that like all of my friends and neighbors were loving. And that's when I just really had this aha moment that it's not just about me, like everyone I meet is excited and wants a healthier way to satisfy their sweet tooth too, as long as taste is there. But well, when you were making all these recipes, was that with the intention of starting the company or you or you so, were having people taste test it? Just you were like, I like my cookie. Yeah, no, at the, at the, you did too. At the beginning, it was really just my personal need. Like, first of all, I wasn't working. So during like that year of treatment, I just had a lot of time. And so when I was taking cooking classes, I'd come home and I'd want to like, test what I learned and try to tweak. And, and there, you know, I still hadn't found something that satisfied my sweet tooth that was made of really like whole and processed ingredients. So I was just determined to make it for myself, but I was recipe testing so much. That I always had like batches of cookies and brownies around that. Like I'd, I'd always bring them to like people's homes or give them to neighbors. And, and then when the idea, like the idea, instead of going from a personal need to like an idea that like this could really be a business when was when like after enough times I saw the reaction of people and after enough times of like bringing cookies to someone, someone saying, can I buy this from you? Could I just buy cookie dough from you so I can make it warm and fresh at my house later for my family? Like when I heard that after several times, it was kind of like, it was hard to ignore anymore. Um, and it made me really start to study the food industry and be like, why doesn't this exist in a normal supermarket? Why is, why is it their only kind of conventional GMO ingredient on the shelf. Like, why is it so hard to kind of have a healthier option? And, and I think when I saw how like hard it is to break into the food industry, I almost felt this, this like pressure for like me to be the one to do it because I had the passion and that fire in my belly. And just, you know, the, I personally was just like going to always be looking for products and brand like this on the shelf that I was like, I have the recipe. I like, I need to figure out how to get this on the shelf and make it really easy for anyone to buy something like this. So what did you do? I mean, at that point, well, 
you didn't have any knowledge about the food industry. You obviously had the culinary knowledge, but breaking into a new industry, especially food, is incredibly difficult. What were those steps? So I remember, yeah, I had no, I had no friends back then in food or family. I think one important thing is that after I got better, I tried to, I tried to like get into finance. I tried to get into PR. I tried to like be in the restaurant industry and I was honestly miserable. And I think- What did you want to do leaving college? I didn't know, to be honest. I was a yoga instructor during college. And so I've always been kind of interested in health and wellness. And my junior year, I studied abroad in Florence and Amsterdam and like really fell in love with just food and how like amazing natural fresh ingredients can taste. And so I think those were like passions of mine, but I had no idea I was going to enter the food industry. You know, I actually thought I majored in communication at USC um, with the intent to probably get my MBA later. So like in the back of my head, I was like, maybe I'll like get a job for a year or two, figure out what I'm interested in and then maybe get my MBA. But, you know, after overcoming cancer, I just like life was too precious. I didn't want to ever have a miserable job again. And I think I realized like I'm an entrepreneur, like I'm kind of unemployable. I'm miserable working with <laughs> someone else. And like, I had this fire in my belly. Like I was just so passionate about like a cleaner, more delicious baked goods brand that I just, I, it was the thing that just like lit me up every day, you know? So it kind of made sense because nothing else got me that excited. And so I think when I worked for a couple other companies, it's when I realized I'm an entrepreneur and it, and I also realized like how much I didn't like working for a, a person or brand I didn't really believe in that it made me like whatever it took to start my own business even though it'd be so hard, it really didn't matter. Cause like, it was like the only thing that like was worth my energy and time was like something I super believed in and something that was for myself and something that really made the world a better place. And so I think it was actually important. I did those jobs because even though it was so hard to get this off the ground, like I had that kind of hunger behind me where like, I just so didn't want to work for someone else that I would do whatever it took to get it off the ground. So I just started Googling, honestly, like, like I remember I created all these flavors of uh, all these different types of cookies and all these different types of cookie dough. And I remember I got a meeting with Whole Foods in New York City before I even had a packaged product. And my first step was, okay, I'm going to write a business plan. Am I going to open up a bakery? Am I going to create a packaged product? What am I going to do? So I took this business writing course. And in that business writing course, it really helped me look at like how much it would cost to open up a bakery versus creating a packaged product. And if I went into packaged products, what type of packaged product? And it really helped me like, it was my first business course, you know? So it helped me start writing a business plan. And then a guy in the course worked in Whole Foods. Oh, wow. Like in, in the overnight shift, like restocking shelves and his name, he like, and he was so, he was like, we just became buddies. And he was like, Lauren, you bring in these cookies every week. Everyone loves them. Like, just bring them to the buyer at Whole Foods. Like, I'll get you a meeting. And I was like, okay, like set me up, you know? And so he calls me like the next week and he's like, okay, you have a meeting on Wednesday with the buyer. And I was like, Corey, I don't have like a website even, you know, like I don't want to come up unprofessional, but you know, I also learned like, you just got to take every opportunity, you know, and give it a hundred percent. And so um, you can't say no to things. And so this opportunity arose. I, I wrote a one pager on Sweet Lauren's. My website said coming soon. 
And I met with the buyer and I was just like, you tell me what you want. Cause I can do anything. <laughs> you know, like I was like, I'll create any product, whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want. Like I'll create it just cause I wanted to create a business and I wanted to figure out what they needed. And so we looked all around the store and honestly, Edder really was like, I think cookie dough is there's white space here. Like no one's built the next brand name and natural cookie dough. And our whole team loves your, your cookies. Like we've never tasted cookies so good and so clean. So then he put an order and he was like, okay, how soon can we get this? And I was like, okay, wow. I'm just working out the final details, probably in a month, you know? And of course it took like seven months because I had to find a factory and actually design packaging and learn how to like actually commercialize an idea. But they, but they took it in, they did take it in. And so that was between the business writing course and getting into Whole Foods. I got into Whole Foods. I was still teaching yoga on the side. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was so determined to make it work. And I basically just spent a year in three Whole Foods. I mean, we weren't really making money. It was like, it was honestly just to understand the consumer. And I was that person sampling. Like I literally would take a rolly suitcase on the subway from the Upper West Side with a toaster oven in the suitcase and like get to Whole Foods and plug it in and bake warm cookies. And it was just such, I was like covered in chocolate. I was such a exhausted mess at the end of all those days. But it was really important because especially in New York City, you get a lot of traffic. So like you would just, you would meet hundreds of people, you know? And I think that's when I would hear feedback on packaging. You know, there were problems with it. Can't read your flavor easily. What's the nutritionals? But then I also would hear over and over again, like, this is brilliant, like healthier cookie dough. Of course I'd buy this, oh, you know, over the kind of conventional. And so it was enough of hearing that that made me really believe like there's a need for this. I love so many parts of that story. I mean, one, I think there's so many people, well, in my story and so many people that I talk to that always have these like meant to be moments. And the fact that you were in the class with the guy who worked at Whole Foods, like that was just the stars were aligning on that. And I think to your point of just saying, yes, it's like, yes, you did. You were in a business planning class, but I also think you can't have everything lined up and be perfect. And you need to just like seize those moments and go with it. And it's, it's always a learning lesson to be able to go in front of someone, hear what they have to say. And in your case, like that really changed, that made the trajectory of your business. Totally. And, and I think like the biggest thing I learned was like, just show up and like, keep your word. So learn from the buyer, but like whatever you tell them, like, just keep your word, like be reliable, be a great person to do business with. And, you know, so I didn't know anything. And I was kind of, I mean, listen, he was placing an order on a product that wasn't even ready to go yet, <laughs> right? Like, but I knew I could create it. I wasn't saying yes. And then I was gonna not come back with anything. Like I was, I was saying him saying, I'm ready to place an order on cookie dough just gave me the confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in these ingredients. I'm going to invest in packaging. Like I'm going to actually create this product now. And so I think just really trying to be a reliable business person from the beginning helped, helped immensely just because there was so much learning and so much like, uh, sorry, won't be ready for seven more months. And people stuck it out with me. Yeah. They believed in you. And I think it's probably also like the passion that you had, which and then coming back to the beginning of your story and your cancer diagnosis, which was obviously horrible, the silver lining is like, it really did give you that, like, here's what's important in life. And I think so many people struggle to find that and to be able to take that leap. But like you had so much conviction and passion that it didn't matter how hard it was. 
That's exactly it. And yeah. I think people connected at, right? Like the buyer could see that and that's, he believed in you because you believed in yourself. T- uh, totally. And he also had two little kids. So when you talk about like, what do you want to feed your family? Like, what do you, do you have time to bake from scratch every week? I think people, especially if their parents or like have a big sweet tooth, like they just get it immediately because they're like, of course, this saves me time and energy. Of course, I want to pick something cleaner with no chemicals and junk to give my kids. And so, yeah, it, it did. It super helped me connect. And honestly, after overcoming cancer, like I thought I would never talk about that again. I thought it would be like this kind of like terrible nightmare that happened that was really scary and like no one really wants to hear about it. But uh, when I launched actually in Whole Foods, it was also the same time that I, I entered a contest in New York called the Next Big Small Brand for Culinary. Oh, Cheese. right. Remember that? Yes. And it was like this big New York City like food contest. And there was amazing people entering that had like real businesses. And um, and 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 I won. I won like the People's Choice Award and the Next Big Small Brand. And like, I couldn't believe it. It was like, you know, so validating and exciting. And I was just so grateful because again, I felt a little bit crazy. Like my like, am I just like this, like girl, it's obsessed with cookie dough and no one really understands why. But at, after winning that contest, it was the first time I got press and, you know, I got sat down and interviewed and they were like, why'd you start the company? And I never even thought about like what my answer would be to that, you know? And I, I was just honest and was like, if I didn't get sick, I wouldn't realize truly how important like clean ingredients are to our health and wellness and like how I genuinely feel the difference. And once you start feeling really great, you don't want to feel gross again. So like, I'm never going back to like really packaged processed foods. And I could just see her reaction. She was like, oh my God, you were sick. Like, oh my God, like, like I totally get the meaning and mission behind the brand now. And that's when I realized like I had to be comfortable telling the story all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So after winning that award and then continuing on with the business, I'm curious to hear if you had, because obviously we're both solo founders, which can be very hard. Did you have any mentors, advisors, and how about from then till today, what does that look like for you? Oh, I attribute so much to mentors and advisors. It's my my first and biggest suggestion to anyone starting a business. Like, don't be alone. It's it's so it's so lonely being a solo founder. But even if I had a partner, like this was our this was my first time starting a business. Like, there's just so many things you could learn from someone who's been there before. So. My first kind of mentor advisor was, I joined a business course called EO, which is Entrepreneur's Organization. And it was the first time, when you're an entrepreneur, I think you, you think you're a little bit weird. Like you're, you're not following the norm. You don't have a nine to five. You basically have something you're obsessed with all the time in the back of your head. You're kind of working seven days a week, even when you don't want to be, because there's just, you're responsible for something. And so it was the first time I like just was in a group of like all other entrepreneurs, which was so great because like we all connected uh, on such a deep level. And and in this course I took, I was kind of in their accelerator and 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 my coach in the accelerator was a woman named Daniela. And we just really connected after a couple of meetings. And she was like, I want to advise you, but it has to be very structured. It's not going to be this casual thing. Every Friday, we're going to meet for two hours. There's going to be a list of things you need to do every week to move things forward. And I honestly, I signed up for it immediately. And I was so grateful because it really helped me. It helped hold me accountable. It helped me have someone, she wasn't even in the food industry, but it didn't matter. She was a business person and revenue is revenue and there are goals to hit. And someone, you know, sometimes you just need 
someone to kind of hold you accountable and believe in you so that it's like worth the work. And also be there like personally and professionally. Like when I needed to vent about personal things, she was very warm and and opening, open to all of that. It wasn't just all business. And, you know, I started the company in my, in my mid-20s. So like I was just going through a lot of stuff. My mom passed away in my mid-20s too. And it was just, it was, it was a lot emotionally to handle. And so I needed, I needed that support. And to this day, she's still one of my my closest friends. And you know, after a couple of years kind of outgrew her in the sense of like, now we were real, like a real company and I kind of needed someone, I need the next level of mentorship. And then I got an angel investor and he, he became an angel investor and we created the same kind of thing. Like I want a weekly meeting. I want us to be able to like talk all the time. I want to be able to coach you into being the best CEO you can be and help you make this build Sweet Lawrence into its like ultimate potential. And he's still my mentor today. So I've had a ton even my first two employees, my VP of sales, my COO were kind of mentors to me because they taught me so much about the industry. They both were huge, been in the industry a long time. And so very grateful to Yvette and Lucy too on our team who just taught me a lot and had a ton of belief and patience. You know, in the brand before it was really a big company. Those are the people that count, you know, that like totally. believe in you and believe in it when it's really small. What do you think is far as like tips for people to find a mentor or like ways about going about creating that relationship. Cause it's, you're obviously not just going to call someone and be like, Hey, can you be my no. advisor? I know it's hard because like, you also have to kiss a lot of frogs. Like I will say, it's not like I just met these two people and they magically, it magically synced. Like I've met hundreds of people and I really do think there, there has to be a chemistry there. You know, there just has to be this, this, they really get you and have a soft spot for you. And they really get what you're doing so that you really feel like you have someone who's got your back. And, and there just has to be this kind of organic chemistry. So I would say meet and network your butt off to, and, and write down your dream people, you know, and try to find them through friends or connections. And, and if you feel that connection with someone or like someone that so inspires you, maybe, you know, ask them, like, can we try this out for one month? You know, it's like unpaid or I think you do have to find a way to compensate someone giving them that time. So it's either going to be paid yeah. or separate options in your business. But if you said, Hey, could we just do a trial for a month? Like, how do we work together, you know, and see how, how much time this person gives you? Do you learn a lot from them? Does it help you? And then I think once you see the value in it, you'll happily be able to figure out how to compensate them because you can't do this alone. I think it's really, it's, it's just like all about a team. And I think if the entrepreneur is really supported, they're going to be able to handle the stress, all the stuff that comes, all, all, <laughs> all this stuff, you know, because it's a, it's a lot. All right. So let's get into some of the stuff and the challenging parts of the business. So where you are today, talk about some of the most challenging parts that you're facing and also beyond having a mentor advisor, like tips for how you deal with those highs and lows so and maybe I, more the lows than the highs. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can learn a lot from that. I would say the challenges I'm dealing with today are just so different than they were five years ago, you know? So I've switched to four different factories. So just, you know, I, I started, I Googled like what, what factory is close? Like I literally just on Google found a small factory. They'd never even done cookie dough, but they had, they had mixers so they could do it. You know, so I just, I found, you know, I think, I think like, and then I, you know, I got started there 
because they would, I would, you know, most- You do a small run. (laughs) Exactly. Most factories, big factories that are like the dream factories to work with, you know, you have to do a huge run. So when you're just starting, you're like, I can't do 10,000 pounds tomorrow. I have no one to buy that yet. So they would let me do like the tiniest batch at a time. And so it helped me scale. And so I think like just having the patience to know that like it's a journey, you know, and from that factory, I found a different factory that could package it as place and bake where it was like pre-portioned, you know, in the package so you could open our cookie dough package and just make one or two at a time. And that was a major selling point of Sweet Lauren's was just that the cookie dough is pre-portioned and there's, you can- Even though you're going to eat all of it anyway. Right, right. Like it's easy to eat one or two. So it's very portion controllable, but also like there's no fuss or mess. You don't have to like get anything dirty or clean up your kitchen after it too. So switch to a different factory. Then they actually kind of kicked me out. Like they were like, Lauren, like you're, you're, you know, you're this small percentage of our business. We were working on baked cookies versus cookie dough. We don't really have like the capabilities to, to support you. And you know, I couldn't even believe I was getting like fired from a factory and, but it's, it was really good in the sense that like, it made me, I basically wasn't, didn't have a place to get produced. So like, I knew I had to find another factory and it made me talk to anyone and everyone like at all the Expo West and Expo East and all these big trade shows for food shows. I just spoke to anyone who was in baking and cookie dough and cookies. Do you know someone, do you know someone and got connected to this factory that was in Canada and they started producing our cookie dough, you know, and then anyway, and then we kind of outgrew them. And then now we're at our present factory. And so just, you know, when I look back, like that was a long journey. Like I didn't know what was ahead. It was really hard to find those next factories. It was not like easily found on some simple little list somewhere. And so I just think like, you know, you got to be in it to win it and it's okay. Like have fun with just kind of the, the frustration that will come because it's growing pains. And so I think very few people have the kind of drive to keep going through it. And so if you do, if you find something you love enough, that's worth fighting for, I really think it'll, there are very few people that will be, you know, at the top of the mountain with you because it takes a lot to get there. But I think that like, it's okay. It takes that much because you'll be glad you did it, you know, sticking it out. And so I'd say like, that's just an example of like kind of the frustrations. And I think now you know, now it's, so two years ago, I moved from New York to LA two weeks before COVID hit, moved to LA. It's crazy. Crazy. COVID hit. And then the whole world changed. And now we're a remote company. And so I think like a challenge we have is like when you- And were you, did you have a physical office in New York before you moved? So what's crazy is we had a physical office in New York that we were downsizing because I was moving to LA and going to hire the rest of our team out in LA. So the goal, so right as COVID, like we're really lucky, like the month that like COVID hit, we didn't have an office space because we were moving into a different office space. And then I moved to LA and didn't sign a new lease or anything here because I literally was just looking at office spaces. And then when COVID hit, basically we were out of, we didn't have an office at either place. And we were like, this is great. This is fine. Everyone worked from home for a couple of weeks until COVID was over. (laughs) And then we'll, I'll find an office space in LA and we'll move into the new office space in New York. And then when COVID became so serious, we never moved into any office and the team. And so we're grateful in the sense that like, we didn't have some big leases that we were signed to, but the team has, is happier remote and more productive. So as of now, we're not going to get office space and it helps us hire people all over the country. But I think when you have a product that's like 
you know, we're not just a tech company, like we're, we're a hands-on packaged product that needs to look a certain way on the shelf. You need to eat it and, you know, know how it bakes. It's, I'm, I'm struggling with just like how often as a team we get together to ensure, first of all, that our culture is great and that we're all like connected, but also that like, we actually are touching the product enough to be able to work on new products and new packaging and ensure it's great. So I think that's a challenge we're dealing with now. And, 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 and honestly, marketing is another challenge. Like we've really never spent money on marketing. Our growth has been word of mouth and distribution. Which has been incredible. Thank you. You know, I mean, I mean, it shows the customer love that we have, like people try the product and they're like, Oh my God, I've never had something like this. You changed my life. Like from like kind of a marathon runner, like someone who's super into fitness, kind of loves Sweet Lauren's because it's clean ingredients and they have a sweet tooth, they love it to like, you know, a mom with kids who's just maybe has a kid with a food allergy and they're like, oh my God, so great that our whole family loves to eat, you know, your product. And it's, even if it's gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, like the whole family can eat it. And so I think we've been really grateful for the growth that without marketing, but the truth is we haven't reached our potential. Like not everyone knows about us. And so now we're trying to figure out marketing is so expensive and we haven't raised institutional funding. And so, you know, I raised from kind of friends and family and angel investors when I got off the ground about five years ago, but we haven't raised institutional funding since then. And we don't plan to. And so it's just, it poses this question of just like how much we spend our money very like we watch every dollar because like, I don't have money to kind of lose. And so, and so it just brings up marketing because marketing can get very expensive and not all marketing is measurable. And, but we also want everyone to know that Sweet Lawrence exists. And so I think like, that's kind of the big challenge this year. Yeah. It's such a, and we've obviously talked about this offline, but it's such a hard thing of like owning your, fully owning your company and not bringing in outside partners, but then also having the hey, is this like the time? Am I losing this opportunity to get out there? And it's really, I think, comes down to like what you personally want. Yeah, for the there's business. no wrong wrong or right way right. to it. I think like, I think the time is now. Like I don't want, I don't want to ever hold the company back from growth. And And so we could raise money, you know, one day if we needed, but we're also trying to be just like, smart about using our budget so that we do what we need to do to grow it. But it's not easy. I mean, it means you have to be like super focused on ROI and data driven. And, you know, it's exhausting versus just being like, all right, we have 5 million, let's blow it. Let's like like a fun thing. That sounds kind of amazing. But, you know, I think we've worked really hard to build a profitable business and it feels very stable and secure. And especially in this climate right now. Right. Absolutely. It, I, you know, I think we're, we're happy with where we're at, but it, it, it is go time. So we have to make sure we're, you know, we're building a brand and getting, getting everyone who would love our product to try it, you know, to know it exists. So we kind of skipped over products, but you just started to mention, but if you want to just go into a little bit about all the amazing things about product guardrails, ingredients, et cetera. Sure. So Sweet Lawrence is a cookie dough company. We're sold refrigerated in most supermarkets. So Target, Publix, Whole Foods, Kroger, most supermarkets. And it's it's spelled sweet, L-O-R-E-N apostrophe S. So people get confused, but that's how I spell my name. So it's called Sweet Lauren's. We're found in the refrigerated dairy section. And 
the whole point of Sweet Lawrence is really to be a better for you baked goods company. So cookie dough is the first product we're making out of future innovation that's going to be coming soon. And so the whole point though, is that like, if you have a sweet tooth, I want you to be able to satisfy it with the most delicious cookie in the world, but have it be made of no junk clean ingredients. So, and I've also tried to make the recipe great for almost any lifestyle or dietary restriction you need. So we're, we're clean ingredients first, delicious taste first, but we're also non-GMO, we're gluten-free certified, we're vegan certified, we're plant-based, we're dairy-free, we're peanut tree nut-free, kosher parv. So it's like, we try to check off all the boxes. And of course, like we don't have any artificial anything or preservatives and gums. And so my goal again is to make, I people love cookie dough raw and people I think love warm cookies out of the oven, but there's a lot of cookie dough out there that's not necessarily safety raw. And it's very hard, unless you're a baker who loves to bake, it's exhausting. Like to get all the ingredients or, or ingredients or specialty and expensive from supermarkets, it takes time to bake from scratch and you have to clean up your kitchen. And so with our packaging, it's place and bake. So there's 12 portions of cookie dough. So once you open it up, you can eat it raw or you can pop it in your air fryer or toaster oven. Oh, air fryer would be so good. So good. And like literally in five minutes, you'll have like this warm, amazing cookie. And so, you know, the goal is just to make it super modern and easy for today's, to, for today's like modern consumer who's just like, I want clean food. I want it to taste delicious. And I want it to be convenient because I don't have time. Yeah. And is chocolate chip, I assume your best seller? Yes. Chocolate, chocolate chunk is our number one, always will be. Then our fudgy brownie is number two. So that's like, if you like really rich double chocolate, our fudgy brownies are number two. And then we have an oatmeal cranberry that's also amazing and a sugar cookie as well. And you just came out with lower sugar, which exactly. I think is also amazing that you didn't use a bunch of other stuff. Weird stuff. Exactly. So we we really listen to our customers. Like, I, honestly, that's from, from day one of sampling at Whole Foods. Like, I've just learned to listen to our customers. Like, what are you looking for? How do we really solve a problem out there? And so... In the cookie dough aisle on a national scale, there is no lower sugar, less sugar cookie dough. So like if you're someone who has a sweet tooth and loves cookie dough or loves warm cookies out of the oven, there's really nothing for you. And so with Sweet Lawrence, like we have this original line that, you know, it, we use cane sugar. Again, we're, an, we're made in allergen-free factory. So I can't use coconut sugar. I can't use coconut products. We use just a pure vegan non-GMO cane sugar in our products and try to use as little as possible. But we started to get a lot of consumers saying, Hey, I'm really watching my sugar intake. I want the lowest amount of sugar possible. Can you, can you make something else for me? And so worked really hard to take out as much of the cane sugar as possible and not add any sugar substitutes. So there's no monk fruit or stevia or any like, you know, erythritol or there's no, there's nothing kind of weird in it. It's just cane sugar. And it's hard. It's baking. Sugar does more than just make things sweet. Sugar gives like a caramelization and a crust and a rise and volume to baked goods. So when you take it out, it, it's just not that easy just to be like, oh, just take out a little bit and right. keep it recipe. Like it, everything needs to get moved around. And so we, we basically spent this last year working on it and just are so excited and proud. It's now in all Publix. We have a less sugar cookie dough, chocolate chunk flavor. It's 40% less wow, sugar than that's the average huge. brand. I mean, it's almost half the sugar and, and it's totally sweet enough. It's almost like European sweet where it's like, 
it's just sweet enough, but it's not like sweet, sweet. And so again, like there's a, there's a person who likes it sweet and there's a person that likes it maybe less sweet. And so we said, let's launch a less sugar in both chocolate chunk and sugar cookie so that we really have something for everyone. And so it'll be in all whole foods in October and it just launched in stop and shop last week. So slowly getting across the country, you can order online at sweetlawrence.com. Um, but it's safe to eat raw and easy to bake just like our others. And I promise you'll love it. If you're someone watching sugar, it's like the best thing out there. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you. So I want to get back to you moved to LA from New York, right? Right before a pandemic hit. And then you also at the same time got married and had a baby. Oh my God. My whole life has changed. <laughs> so crazy. In like two years, it's like moved to LA got married, had a baby, bought a house. And and it's just like, I don't know, it's like all these huge life events kind of s- squished into two years during a pandemic. It's just absolutely crazy. But I also, it's been the it's been the best couple of years of my life. Like I've just never been happier. And so it feels so good. I mean, I just was single for a long time and like starting a business, like Sweet Lawrence was my life. I couldn't even, it was hard to date because like, it was always on my brain. I remember I'd go on dates with guys and like, they'd be like, how's your day? And I'd be like, well, this bad dream, like, <laughs> no, gave me this, you know, issue. And, and I would just be kind of like, it was hard to like really make space in my brain for yeah. someone else. So thankfully I met Greg, my now husband. Well, I actually met him almost like four or five, four years ago, five years ago now. So like just the company was like finally really taking off. And I finally had a team and it was just more stable. It wasn't so, so startup-y anymore. And he was living in San Francisco and I was in New York. And so we did buy Coastal for two and a half years, which is crazy, okay. but he's also an entrepreneur. So it kind of worked for us because it was like, we could be on for two weeks and then we could be off and I could focus on my friends, my business. And then we finally moved to LA two years ago. And then we had this big wedding planned in Napa and that got canceled because of COVID. So we just threw a little backyard wedding in Venice with like our friends, you know, that are local that we were in our COVID bubble with. And it was actually so amazing because like we all needed a party so badly. This was July 4th, two years ago. So it was just, it was in the thick of COVID when everyone was just so tired of being home and, you know, not around their friends and family. And so Anyway, we threw this backyard wedding and it actually ended up being magical, even though I'm sad we couldn't have everyone there, but one day we'll do something bigger with everyone. And then we got pregnant really fast, which was also unexpected. And now we have a 17 month old girl named Skylar, who is like the best thing ever. And so it's so much work. Like I didn't even, I just didn't even realize how much work kids would be. Like I, it's, especially when they're this young, they just require so much, but it just feels really, I've always wanted a family. And, you know, I think with my mom passing away 10 years ago, it just like, it left a hole in my heart. And I just feel like getting married and having a kid and having like, just, she makes you laugh all the time. It just, it's very, very grounding. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Cause I know we, we've talked about the struggles over the years and we have talked about it. It's so good to see you so happy. And she looks like, she looks like a spitting image of like the two of you. I can't decide who she looks like more. (laughs) Oh my God. Everyone says she looks exactly like my husband. So I'm like hoping that over time, maybe there's a little bit of me in there, but she's, you know, she's talking now. It's like amazing to go from like just a little blob baby to like, a, a person like she has 
and she's obsessed with cookies. She calls them cuckoos. Well, thank and, God. <laughs> it's just so cute, you know, but man, is it a lot of work. And so, so how do you, how do you manage, you know, I think about like Christy from Quinn who yes. has three or I can't remember, three or three four boys. kids, right? Five three boys kids. that are under so. the age of 12. I'm like, I, I couldn't, I can't do it alone, let alone having all these other things. Like, how do you do that? And what tips do you have for I anyone juggling? I don't know how she does it because my brother has three boys under the age of eight now. And it's mayhem at their house. I mean, they're the cutest boys ever, but like boys are boys. I mean, they are running around. Like they have so much energy. You know, I'm learning as I go. This is my first kid. You know, I think we moved to LA and we have, we don't have immediate family in LA. So I do think it would be a lot easier if we had grandma and, you know, parents right nearby that were like, let me babysit every weekend and let me help all the time. We don't have that. So I think, you know, both, both Greg and I are entrepreneurs and we're really busy and passionate about our, our jobs. And so I think it's really about getting help. Like we have an amazing nanny and we, she, she, we couldn't do this without her. So she's here and it's been hard because, you know, we've had Skylar during COVID. So we've been it's been hard because you don't want a lot of strangers in your home. And also Skylar's still at that young age where she's very attached to her parents. But we we are now hiring other babysitters and getting her used to other people and knowing that other people are safe that because you need the help. And I think like the only way for me to do this is to have balance, like to make sure that like I have enough time for Lauren. I have enough time uninterrupted to run the business. I have enough time to like have fun with friends and have girlfriends, you know, that I have a date night with Greg. Like I think it's just so important to really make sure you balance in your life because if you start ignoring one of those, like, like if Greg and I don't have date night enough, like, you know, you start to get into little fights and like you start to feel like roommates and business partners versus husband and wife. And so I, I think like, these are just non-negotiables. It's just, I just make sure now I have that balance. And even though it might be expensive to hire babysitters or it's kind of hard to because Skylar's really attached to us and she'll cry when she maybe meets someone new, just got to do it. And so, I don't know, I think that's my, that's like the biggest, I think the biggest kind of advice I have is like, just make sure you're not overdoing it. Cause I think, especially as women and mothers, like we just keep saying yes. Like mm-hmm. I do that, I'll do that. I'm I'm superwoman. I'll keep I'll keep taking that on. And and then once I when I realize I get into a really bad mood if I start taking on too much. So I think just being very clear about boundaries, like like my husband and I split it up now. Like he's very involved. Like he does the mornings with her normally. I'd put her to bed at night. You know, we kind of we split up things so that neither one of us feels too overwhelmed. And I think it's really important to draw those boundaries and make sure it feels fair. So as you think about other parts of your day and having time for you, would love to hear any routines that you have. Obviously, health and wellness are so really important to you. So I'd love to hear whether it's meditation, exercise, or like what else you do in your day to be feeling your best. Yeah. I Exercise is just like, it's my... Um therapy and like, you know, natural drug, drug of choice. So like I, so, you know, my team, a lot of it's on the East coast. So like by the time I wake up, like I'm already on three hours behind. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like I feel like I'm already late to the party, you know, when it's six or 7am. So, so like I, you know, I'm already on in the morning. So by the afternoon, when things kind of calm down, I feel like I'm able to 
like workout at the end of the day. And I, that's, I, I try to change it up. So like, I love the Peloton. I love swimming. I love, you know, that's part of why we're in LA is like, I love that you can be outdoors so much and outside okay. and just with like warmer weather often. So going for a run on the beach, doing Pilates or yoga. And so I just like to mix it up. So like, I always need like an hour to myself in the day, if I can get it where, you know, I just prioritize it. Like it, it's me time. And whether that's, I just, I'm not really in the mood to like push it. And I need something kind of low impact in general and just kind of want to meditate and clear my head. And it's a lot of like stretching and like kind of general Pilates or yoga, or if it's like, I need a, a like a run or like a hardcore Peloton class, or, you know, I just kind of, it's my check-in with myself of like, what do, what do I need? Every time I work out, even if I have to push myself to get started, I feel a hundred times better and my stress level drips away and I'm just a happier person. I can feel like my blood circulating. I get the best ideas when I work out. So it just works for me. And so I really, I always try to fit that in. And then at the end of the day, if I'm feeling stressed, like after Skylar goes to bed, like I take a lot of hot baths because some people don't like baths. To me, it's like- I my, love taking baths. I yeah. love taking baths. So like give me all of the bubbles and sea salt. And like, I just, it feels so healing. Like I just feel like I completely get rejuvenated and it's kind of like a massage. And then I'm able to kind of just be in a good mood, great mood and like handle the day. And I think it's important to like family dinner is really important to me too. Just like always having something healthy and delicious for dinner. And it's like a time for us to like not be on our phones or not be working and kind of connect and kind of, transfer from like work day to like now evening and, and, uh, you know, other interests. All right. Well, we are going to move on to some rapid fire Q and A. Let's do it. The best advice you've gotten in the past six months. Shoot for the dream team. Always. A favorite book, podcast, or mentor for growth. Shoe dog is just my favorite book. I just love it. I reread it a bit ago. And just for entrepreneurs out there, the best companies, you know, have the craziest stories behind them. Three things that you're currently loving could be product, podcast, TV show, any random thing. I've stopped drinking coffee. So I'm now drinking kind of this mushroom, mushroom latte. That's so delicious. the mushroom latte? It's called Everyday Dose. And it's so delicious. I highly recommend it. So that's how I start my day now. I use unsweetened ripple milk in it. And it's just, I don't know, you can froth it. And like, it really feels like a latte. There's like a little bit of coffee extract in it. So like it kind of tastes and smells like coffee, but it doesn't, coffee is just too acidic for me. So I feel so good. So anyway, really recommend everyday dose, unsweetened ripple milk. I'm loving. And I would say saltwater pool. Oops. Or just my favorite things, like no chlorine or as little chlorine as possible. Favorite wellness hack? I I know it's like cliche and people say this, but honestly, hot water with lemon after dinner to me is like, especially if you have a sweet tooth, it's such a, it's so satisfying. Like I just feel like it helps with digestion. It curbs my sweet tooth. So like I don't need to eat a ton of sweets at night. Like I can just have a little bit of chocolate or something. And with that with a hot water with lemon. Like I just, I find it so soothing and uh, helps with digestion. So I just highly recommend it, getting in the habit of it. I love that you're doing it at night. I usually 
do it at in the morning, but I never even thought about like the night would be a great time. For the, that. Mor- the morning, I just am not craving that. Like, right. you know, I'm like, I'm kind of like rushing. I'm just dealt with my daughter. My nanny's here. Like I kind of need, want my caffeine. So like I do my everyday dose in the morning and that it's like the best. I like it more than like a, a tea bag of like chamomile or peppermint. Like it's, yeah. Let, let's start the hot water at lemon. Yeah. I like that. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite words to live by. Like look fear right in the eye and do it anyway. I love that. I feel happy and happiest when? I'm laughing with my family. Favorite Sweet Lauren's moment? When we started out selling some of the big guys and really like secured ourselves as like the number one natural cookie dough brand. Do you remember like the day you saw this Vince data and you're like, holy sh-. Yeah, like when we started seeing, we were like, holy shit, we're, we're out selling the big guys and we haven't even done marketing. Like, what the potential of this brand is huge, you know? I mean, that's when it just like, you know, again, it really secured in my brain that like, I'm not crazy. And that like, there really is a need for this and that people love this. And like, this should be the future of food, you know? And so, yeah, I remember seeing, I remember so many milestones, you know, when we, when we hit our first million, I was like, oh my God, this is the world. That's it. That's it. I've made it, you know? And then you realize like, oh my God, like we're just getting started if we really want to grow a big company. And so but yeah, I remember so many milestones that just felt like the best thing in the world and kind of gave me the energy boost to get to the next milestone. Totally. Lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? I think your your cup has to be full. So fill your cup up. And so for me, it's that daily workout and check-in. And for me, it's if I need that bath, I'm taking that bath on, even if my husband's watching TV, like no problem, I'm going to do my own thing. Like just make sure that your cup is full, especially as a woman, especially as a mom, especially as a business owner. And if your cup is full, I think you will be able to give like endlessly to the things you love. I love that. Lauren, in closing, what's next for you? You you mentioned earlier there's a new product coming out. I don't know if you can tell us, but I can tell you, but I'll definitely send you samples when it's okay, ready. Great. But um we're working on new products. So moving outside of cookie dough. So that's all I can say for right now. But and when really, will that be hitting shelves? This new thing? Probably early next year. Okay. Fair enough. So for right now, look out for our refrigerated cookie dough and our less sugar cookie dough coming to a store near you. And uh, soon we'll have more for you. And where can everybody find you? So everyone can find me personally at Lauren Brill, L-O-R-E-N-B-R-I-L-L on Instagram. And you can follow Sweet Lauren's at Sweet L-O-R-E-N-S on Instagram, Facebook and all the stuff. Wonderful. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on today. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we've been friends for this long and it's been so fun watching you grow such an amazing company too. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.